Okay, so we're going to be talking about what's on the inside is what comes out. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's something that happens in any area of life. For any, any generation, any people, saved, unsaved, love the Lord, doesn't love the Lord, any age, if you put the certain things into your life, that's what's going to come out. If, if you're dwelling on, uh, if you just spend all your time watching the Cowboys, guess what you're always going to be thinking about? The Cowboys, or the Vikings, or the Patriots, right? If, that, if you spend all your time, that's what's going to come that's a lame example, but that's what's going to come out in your life. But that, that's not only what this is about. It's not just about trying to make your life better. So we have a bunch of good people running around the world that are doing good things. When Jesus is talking to his disciples about this, he's letting them know that there are, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, he's letting them know that there are people who are wolves in sheep's clothing. They're false prophets. They're coming in, and from the outside, they look like they're really good. Like they're following what Jesus says. But he says, and, and, and by first appearance, they look really good. But by the time, after over time, you start to recognize by their fruit what kind of people these, they really are. And so that's, we're going to be looking at that today in Luke chapter 6, verses 43 to 45. Luke chapter 6, verses 43 to 45. It says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your patience with us as we are not perfect people. And God, you know as well as we do that what we put into our lives is what comes out. And you know why that even matters, because of the testimony that we have and because of the relationship we want with you. God, I just pray that as I open my mouth, that your words will come out, and that everybody would hear just what you want them to hear, and I would hear just what I need to hear. But it wouldn't be, wouldn't be by my mouth, or by my wisdom, or by anything that I say, but it would be by you and what you want them to hear. I just pray for your blessing on this time now, in Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus talks about fruit trees. He doesn't have a bunch of kids and talk about these, these lame examples of uh, body language to demonstrate this. He says, I'm going to talk about fruit trees and, and use that as an illustration to show you guys what counts as good fruit and how you recognize bad fruit. Now, me personally, I have to admit, I don't really know much about fruit trees. Back in Davenport, we had two. At one point, we had three and one didn't make it. And between the two, we got one green apple. Uh, I did, we did not, Leslie is the one who studies up. She's the one who's, who's willing to study and learn how to prune. We had a friend come over. He sprayed it for all the, the little bugs. And all I did was I just, I'll dig the hole, stick it in the ground, and give it water. That's all I'm going to do because that's all I know about a fruit tree. And by the time we had left, there was not any fruit on it. I mean, there was the one that came last year, but, uh, but that was it. So I don't know much about fruit trees, but I will tell you what I do know. An apple tree produces apples, and a pear tree produces pears. A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. And that's the example that Jesus gives. He, and he says, a good tree produces good fruit. A good tree is one that is healthy. It's, it, well, first of all, it gives a specific fruit. Every time an apple tree produces a fruit, it's going to give an apple. It never changes what it's going to do. It doesn't offer plums at this time, and then a, a banana there, and... Uh, 
grapes there. It's always going to be an apple. Uh, it's consistent. And that's a picture, too, of the kind of fruit that we should be producing as Christians should be something consistent. It should be consistently good. But it's also uh, a good tree produces good fruit. It should be tasty and nourishing, pleasing to the eye. It should be healthy and safe to eat. And we all understand that. A bad tree produces bad fruit. It's got something inside of it. It's rotten or has some kind of issue that comes out in the fruit that it's bearing. Now, this isn't a picture of a horticulture lesson. That's very, uh, a very small horticulture lesson if it is one. But Jesus says, hey, look, you guys know what fruit tree is out there. And you guys know what's supposed to come. And how you determine where you're going to get fruit is going to be based off a good tree. So they have this picture of what it is that they're looking for and the kind of fruit that they should be producing in their life. Now, when Jesus says in verse 44, people do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars, he's not picking two random things that produce some kind of fruit and saying, obviously you don't get figs from thistles and you don't, or from thorn bushes and you don't get grapes from briars, obviously. But in, there's a certain kind of bush, it's called a buckthorn bush. And they would have that during their, their time, and they would have these little berries. And from, at first glance, it, they look really good. They're, they're kind of shaped like a blueberry, and so I think people would com- get confused that this was really a good fruit. But if you have buckthorn, I, I found out that your property value goes down because it's not good. The birds get sick if they eat it. If you guys eat it or I eat it, it affects our insides, and it's, it's not pretty. I mean, it makes us sick. And so by appearance... It looks really good. And then uh, thistles, there's, there's, there's a certain kind of thistle, and it has a certain kind of flower. And from a distance, it looks like it could be a fig tree. And so from a distance, the appearance looks really good, like it is good fruit. But you get up really close, and you find out that, wait a second, that is not what it's supposed to be. It's not what it's intended to be. And I think about these flowers. Obviously, these flowers. I don't think anybody has any question about whether they're real or not, because you can tell by the blue, and they're, they're pretty, and they look really nice, but they are not real. These flowers, on the other hand, I don't know how many people know this or not, but they're not real flowers. Now, by appearance, when I sit back there, because I sat back there, and I looked up there, and I thought, wow, those look really real. But I get up closer, and I, and I go like this. Oh, there's, not, there's no smell. And you start to touch it, Oh, that's plastic. That's, that is not a real flower. But it, by a, And if you're sitting back there, maybe it looks real. It has the appearance, but over time you go, they're not growing, they're not changing, they stay exactly the same. They don't even die. The leaves don't even fall off. Those are not real. And that's, a, that's an example of, just like the fruit trees, that by an appearance, things look one way, but by their fruit, you're going to know whether or not it's real and genuine. So that's another picture. So we know that flowers by their fruit, by the, by the smell and by the petals. And we know that fruit trees, by the fruit that they give, what kind of fruit it is. But that's not the only thing you determine what kind of fruit it is by, uh, by its appearance. You also can do that with man. It says, uh, we, we can even see, the good man brings good out of the good sort up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil out of the evil sort up in his heart. Proverbs verses 20, verse 11 says, even a child is known by his actions. It doesn't take waiting until a child grows up to say, oh, he's bearing good fruit or bad fruit. If you've ever been around kids, which obviously there's lots of kids here, you know pretty quickly what a kid is thinking. If they are bored, which I see one kid with his eyes closed, you can tell. If they are hungry or if they don't like food, 
They don't hide it. They're like, ick. I mean, you see the look on their face, and like, I don't want that. Adults, we try a little harder. We try to, we try to sit there and act like we're interested in what somebody's saying. You know, we, we try to hide that we don't like this food. But even a child is known by his actions, by the fruit that he's giving. It's the same with us adults. And like this, this example that Jesus gives about this fruit tree is, like I said, it's the people who uh, are claiming that they're Christians, they're claiming that they know the Lord, and at first it looks really good because you could have a church full of people. No one knows everybody and everybody's sitting there, and everybody looks really good. Over time, you get to know people and you recognize, boy, I don't know about that person, or I don't know, I don't know about this, the, the fruit that people are giving, what their relationship with God is really like. But over time, you're going to be able to see their fruit. So good fruit. Are you bearing good fruit or bad fruit? Because you're going to be bearing some kind of fruit. Uh, In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 24, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. This is supposed to be what naturally comes from you. If you are a Christian, if you are walking with God, this should be like the natural response. So just just ask yourselves, how am I doing in these areas? Am I I producing good fruit or, or bad fruit? The first is, Love. Am I showing love? Not that mushy-gushy kind of love, because that guy or girl just makes my, my heart spin. My, my, I'm all Twitter-pated. It's the kind of love that I can show to somebody that I don't know, that I don't like, that I don't respect, but I, I'm willing to do what's best for that person. That's a fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's a, a major one. If you're walking with the Lord, you're going to be showing love. Well, what about joy? The next one. It's not a happiness that's based off of circumstances. Yay, I got this job. Oh no, my dog died. Yay, I got a new uh, promotion. Oh no, my, my, I got a flat tire. It's not the kind of up and down based off of your situation. It's the kind of uh, calmness and joy that you can have in spite of what's going on. Because you know that through it all, God is in control. You still have problems, but you're still, you can still trust God. What about peace? It's a peace that passes all understanding. It's the kind of peace that the world does not understand how, uh, how you can feel a certain way in spite of your circumstances. And I, I think of Todd, who I wish was here, because he lost his job, and he just, he just totally impressed me on his confidence that he had in God in, in spite of his situation. That even though I'm thinking, what kind of job are you going to get out here in Plevna or, or Baker area? I mean, you can go work at a grocery store, or you can... Uh, Go find another car deal, you know, car parts store to work at. But there's, it seems like a really tough place to get a job. But he just kept showing this peace and he kept showing this confidence that he could only have that surpassed all understanding because he was walking with God. What about patience? Anybody here long suffering? Anybody here slow tempered? Got a, a really long fuse? Sometimes I have a short fuse. I demonstrated that last night. No one, Caleb, we were downstairs with Todd, and, and Leslie was there, and they were rollerblading and roller skating. Well, I told him, I said, I do not want an accident. I do not want, guess what happened two minutes later? Wham! Caleb's head hit the floor, and I grabbed Noah because he was part of it, and I rinked, yanked him up and said, go home. And Todd, he, he happened to see it all. He explained to me that, really, it was not Noah's fault, but it was, it was just like this, that I was like, you're in trouble, and it's a good thing that I had Todd there to, and Leslie to keep my attention, because I was, no one was going to get it, because <laughs> I was not showing patience. Are you easily uh, angered? Do you have uh, a long fuse? Are you easily irritated? Uh, kindness. Are, are treating other people 
like they're members of our own family. And that's assuming you like the people in your family. You know, if you like the people in your family, am I willing to treat other people the same way? Or am I so preoccupied with what is going on in my life that I'm not willing to step aside and focus on the issues someone else is having? That's, that's a tough thing to do, but if you're walking with the Lord, that's supposed to be a fruit of walking with Him. Goodness. And this is... This, to me, is like the biggest one because it, I feel like it encompasses everything. It says, does your life reflect God's character? Do people see Jesus living in you? By the things that I say, by the things that I'm involved in, by the way I help people, does my life reflect Jesus? At work, at home, at the park, at the grocery store, does my life reflect Jesus? The next one is faithfulness. Am I trustworthy or reliable? Do people find me somebody that they say, hey, he, this guy keeps his word? Is this someone that I can't rely on? Um, also, it involves my trusting God. Am I trusting him even though I can't see how this is going to turn out? This is another fruit because if we're, we're, we're going to have fruit that's either good or bad, and we, if it's positive, we've got to be able to see kind of in ourselves the kind of fruit that God's expecting. Gentleness, as in kindness, uh, not just in response because I can... I can nicely say, yes, you can have something. I can nicely say, without screaming at somebody, go to your room. But do I have this uh, quality of peace that I'm coming across with grace and with gentleness to other people? Self-control. Do I have the ability to contain those strong desires in my life? Because not every desire you have is wrong. I like uh, like watching the Mariners if I can, but if if i got to have a... Desire are the ability to, to contain that. I can't make my whole life about a sport. I can't make my whole life about my job. I can't make my whole life about something bad. I have to, I have to have the willpower that I can only have from God to overcome what that is. It, it comes down to making sure that the fruit that I'm bearing makes it comes from knowing what God's word says and living it out. Can you see that in your own life? That yes, I'm taking what I hear. And I'm putting into practice. That's good fruit. Now, how do I how do I kind of how do I kind of get in the groove of producing good fruit? Well, first of all, you have to be saved. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is no way you're going to produce good fruit. You're going to do good things as the world standards of good. There there are lots of unsaved people who who risk their lives to help people. There's lots of unsaved people who are the most generous people that you can have that are willing to help anybody with anybody. They'll stop on the sides of the roads constantly and help people change flat tires. But in God's eyes, uh, Romans 3, 10 through 12 says, there's no one righteous, not even one. There's nothing that we do in God's sight that makes us look good. So in order to produce good fruit, you've got to be saved in the first place. And the, sec- the next thing is you've got to abide in Jesus. John 15, 5 says, uh, if we abide in him, we're going to bear fruit. If I say, hey, I trust Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I genuinely do, but I walk away from him and I start trying to do things for God, I'm not going to produce good fruit. I'm going to be doing nice things, but it's not going to be good fruit for what God wants. I have to stay connected to him. I've got to stay uh, abide. I've got to stay uh, remain in his presence. I've got to stay close to Jesus if I'm going to produce good fruit. Then it gets a, a little different direction. Uh, repent of those things that cause bad fruit in our life. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, I believe in Jesus, and I'm trying to do all these good things, and I'm trying to, to have patience and kindness and 
and love and, and uh, self-control, but I also have to get rid of those bad things in my life because uh, those things are going to affect me in a negative way. In Galatians 5, verses 24 and 25, he says, crucify those things. The Bible talks about if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Throw it away. Get rid of it. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. I, I realize we like those things, but if they're getting in the way of us pr- producing good fruit, we've got to help ourselves out and get rid of those things. You know, sometimes, I've heard stories of, of people, there's this guy who struggled with bad language before he got saved. He was, he sickened everybody by what he said before he was saved. Even the unsaved people thought, okay, I've had my fill of this guy. And, and he had to drink alone. That's kind of how they put it. He had to drink alone because he just was that foul. Well, he got saved, and then he was, one day before church, he's trying to find his shoes, and he says, I can't beep and find my beeping shoes. And it's like he just couldn't take it. He says, God, please help me and to, to, to watch my mouth. And from that point on, he was able to stop using foul language. And that could happen. But sometimes I think of, of certain songs in my head. I grew up listening to the oldies. Oldies 101.1. I loved it. Run Around Sue and... Uh, Surfing USA and all those songs. Yeah, you guys know those songs. Well, I listened to that all the time. You know, it wasn't Christian music. It wasn't bad, but it's like that's all I listened to. And then it's like, uh, it took a long time to get those out of my head. I went to country music. Oh, I love country music. But then guess what's always in my head? Always there, which I still listen to sometimes. But it's like you got to sometimes flush those things out. Songs especially get inside your head and they want to stay there forever. You start putting something good in and those things start becoming less, uh, they don't come to mind as quick because of the new things that we stick in. So we might take time to keep flushing this bat out of our life with something positive. But it's something that we need to do. Whatever it takes to get the bad fruit out of my life so that I can produce good fruit, that's what i got to do. And that, that, uh, I recommend, you know, I encourage you know, good Christian friends. You know, and I, I always, uh, I've always wanted to say this, uh, coming to church. You know, and the the importance of coming to church. And it's not, it is important to listen to the person up here and to hear what God has for this person to say. But I want to say, come to church because also you have a a bond with other Christian people. You you see that there are other people who know the Lord, who are trying to live it out. And there's encouragement in that. I get encouraged by you guys coming. And there's supposed to be an encouragement, a fellowship, an accountability that that you get inside these walls that you don't get somewhere else. So have good Christian family, good Christian relationships in your life. And also, like I said, the, the Christian music, if you just kind of keep pumping that in, that's going to affect in a positive life. My, my kids are always running around the house singing these Christian songs because that's what's in there. But what's, if I, sometimes we stick in uh, Johnny Cash because Caleb likes Johnny Cash. Guess what starts coming out is Johnny Cash. So what goes in is what comes out. The good man brings good. The evil man brings evil. Uh, in Galatians five nineteen through 21, it says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, jealousy, fits of rage. And there's a bunch more. And then it says, and the like. I don't think there's an end to the evil uh, fruit that an evil man gives. Yeah, the fruits of the Spirit, there's these nine things that encompass the fruits of the Spirit. The evil just goes on and on and on of ways people have evil fruit in their life. And the evil man says, 
I don't believe in God. I don't care about God. I'm just going to live life the way I want. And I don't, I, I, he doesn't even consider how it comes out. Now, when I look at this list, I say there's good fruit and there's bad fruit. Now, I realize, you know, like I, I said last, last night, I, it wasn't a bit of rage, but it was a very short fuse that I had with Noah. And I look and say, boy, that's, that's not a good fruit in my life. Well, that doesn't mean that I uh, am unsaved. It just means I'm not producing a good fruit. And that's, uh, we are not going to be 100% perfect just because we're Christians. But we, our goal, it should be good fruit or, or not bad fruit. It should only be good fruit. Jesus gives two options because all he wants is good fruit. My aim should be to always produce good fruit, to always have love, to always have joy, to have peace and patience and kindness. Not to say, well, I'm not really patient. It doesn't really matter. It does matter. I've got to produce that fruit, and I've got to work on that fruit. But there's, and there's, there's, there's not every, I, I struggle with this too, because I think you should always be producing something. There should always be a good fruit producing your life. But there's a lot of people who have gone through their lives and say, well, I believe in Jesus. I've trusted him as my Savior, and then I just run around living life however I want. Everything becomes uh, more important than God. In Luke chapter 8, it has the, the parable of the soils, and we're going to look at that. Uh, one of them, it says, the seed that fell among the thorns. It says the, the, it's choked out by life's worries, by life's riches, by life's pleasures. And so this guy does not bear any fruit because he's so distracted by everything else. And there's a lot of discussion about, is this guy really saved? Because there is no fruit. And I, it's not a chance that you want to take. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you should be producing fruit in your life because uh, that's, that's proof. If you have, if, if my apple tree that I have, it's, it's about seven feet tall that has never produced a fruit. If I, if I go back to Davenport and in 20 years, it just every year gets bigger and bigger and there's more and more leaves. And it's great for the birds, but it never produces an apple. Well, what good is that tree? I mean, it's great for a shade tree, but it's not producing fruit. It's not worth all the time and effort that's putting put into it. And it, you could say, you know, I produce fruit every once in a while. I mean, if that apple tree produces one or two fruits a year, that's better than nothing. It is still fruit. But your goal on an apple tree is to get, you prune it, you want, like, that the branch is heavy, right? You want apples on every possible branch and as high as possible because you want to eat apples all winter. You want to make applesauce and... You want to make applesauce cake, and you want apple pies, and so you don't. You want your tree to produce as much fruit as possible. We as Christians should be producing. Our goal is to be producing as much fruit as possible. Don't be settled with, well, it's a little bit here, a little bit there. To constantly be pushing ourselves to be bearing more fruit. So, what kind of fruit are you bearing? Is it good fruit, or is it bad fruit? Or you're saying, I don't know. I don't really know if I'm producing any fruit. Uh, in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, I'm not going to read it all. I just picked out a few verses that kind of talk about the importance of faith that produces action. And faith that, that produces no action is dead. It's not worth anything. In James 2.17, it says in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. I say I believe in God, but there's no difference in my life. I'm not doing anything for him. Guess what that is worth? Nothing. Verse Chapter 2, verse 20 says, You foolish man, uh, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? I say I believe in God. That's good. Even the demons believe that. But there's no difference in my life. There's no fruit, and it's, it's useless. 
uh, chapter 2, verse 26, it says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Now, I want to make it clear that fruit does not save us. We don't get saved by the good works we do. Titus 3, 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. So make sure you understand that it is not what you do that saves you. It is only because Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins, and we trust him to save us from that punishment that we have eternal life. But it is not based off what we do. The fruit is like, is like the apple tree. It's supposed to be, come from, from what's inside. It's, there should be something different. There should be something coming from us if we are trusting Jesus Christ as our Savior. So why does it matter what goes in? Why does it matter what kind of uh, fruit, fruit we are producing? Well, the first is, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What comes in is what comes out. If I, uh, it comes out in my words, like it says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. It comes out in my words, but it also comes out in my actions. So I have to be very careful. And, it, and it's, uh, it's going to come out in times when you're, you don't really want it to. And I, I've, I've told a few people this, and please don't get offended that I said this in church. Uh, but I was practicing a message a couple weeks ago, and I said, that sucks. Because <gasps> I'm like, you can't say that in church. I mean, I, I, would, I would be ashamed to get up here and say that sucks <laughs> during a message. But it's like, that's, that's the kind of words that I was using. That's what I heard. And I, I, it just, I was like, hey, I'm just going to add it to my vocabulary. And then that just came out, and it surprised me. So it's going to come out if you listen to this. If you, if you make these things part of your life, it's going to come out. The second thing is Jesus is talking to his 12 apostles and to his disciples. These are the guys who are going to go turn the world upside down. They're going to go around Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth and share Christ with all these people. So it's very important that they are living their life as a disciple. Their life is a testimony to the people around them. Your life and my life is supposed to be a testimony to the people around us. And I know in a small community like this, Everybody probably knows who goes to what church and who's, who's, uh, who's faithful and going and who's, who's a part of it. And so they, they connect that, well, you're a Christian and that's how you act. Or you're a Christian and that's how you act. That's amazing. I've, I've not seen that before. You know, so you, you are a testimony for your sake and your testimony for God's sake as well as for the other Christians around the world. The third thing is your attitude or your behavior reflects your heart. What, what you are feeling on the inside is coming out. And God, God's not just about, hey, I, I want a bunch of good people who do a bunch of good things. But when we, when we put the bad things in our life and it comes out in our life, that doesn't make God happy. It makes him sad. We, we have our salvation and we have our relationship with him. But there's a fellowship with God that's broken when we do those things. And God doesn't want that. That's why he, he, paid, he died on the cross to give us salvation so that we could be a new creation so that we could bear fruit, so that we could be something different. But if we keep putting those things in our life, it breaks that fellowship that we have with God. And we need, and God doesn't like that. He wants to have that relationship. That's why he says, hey, here's this great big world. I'm going to give you your free will and your free choice because I want to have a relationship with you. I want you in heaven. That's why Jesus is going to die on the cross, because I love you. I want that with you. But more importantly than bearing good fruit or not bearing good fruit is... Uh, God wants a relationship with us. Uh, there, you know, there's lots of people who run around doing good things and think that that's enough. 
because I'm a good person, because everybody in the room that I'm with would say, yeah, if someone deserved to get to heaven, it's that guy or that girl. But we're not saved, Titus 3, 5, like I said, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. He saved us because he wanted to, not because we were worth anything, not because we did anything. And if you, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, amen. But if you were relying on anything else to get you to heaven besides the relationship with Jesus, I would encourage you to please just stop listening and start just thinking and asking God, hey God, I, I, this guy up there just said I cannot get to heaven on my own. I need you as my Savior. I've been relying on something else, and Jesus is going to save you if you will just ask him to save you from your sins. And he will give you a, uh, eternal life, and he will help you to bear good fruit. So what's on the inside, what is, what is going to come out? Good fruit is going to come from good trees. Bad fruit is going to come from bad trees. Out of the overflow of your heart is what your mouth is going to speak. It's how you're going to live your life. Fill your mind with God's word, with godly things, and surround yourself with godly people so that is what can come out in your life on a daily basis. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word. And God, I thank you for your, your patience with us, God, as we are, we are human, we are not perfect, God, and it's going to take time for us to get rid of the bad things in our life. And God, we need your help to live out your, the way you want us to in life. That we, we need to produce good fruit, God, and I know I struggle sometimes with patience, but I do better with other areas. And I, I just pray that you'd show me where I'm lacking in, in good fruit and help me to start producing good fruit in that area. And God, help me to remember that my life is always a testimony to those around me. And that, God, I have a relationship with you that I need to keep, uh, to keep right because I don't want that fellowship broken. And, then God, I do, I do pray, God, that if, if anybody here or if we know anybody here who's relying on something other than you to get to heaven, I just pray that we would look to you for that salvation. If we know someone who isn't looking to you, that we'd be able to share your faith with them so that they could have that relationship with you. I just pray for the help and ability to produce good fruit. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.